Welcome to Bikini Diaries. I'm Naima Thompson, businesswoman and IFBB bikini professional. Here, you will get the inside scoop from many bikini professionals and myself as we dive deep into the inner core of our triumphs, hardships, and evolution. This podcast was made to inspire, resonate, and enlighten others with all talks bikini in hopes that you never give up on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's talk bikini. Dear Diary. This episode is brought to you guys by Team Boss Bodies. Have you ever wanted to prep for a show but have nowhere to start? Are you that person who has no interest in prepping for a show at all, but you just want to get that really nice bikini bod? Or have you already accomplished your bikini bod and you've already been on stage, but you just want something a little bit more in your prep? You're just really ready to take it to the next level. Are you someone who wants to try a healthy approach to this dieting game? You want individualized attention and someone to be your guide telling you exactly what to do and when to do it and to also be your number one supporter. If you want to feel a part of a community where all of your goals really matter and you're achieving results and the results are actually maintainable, then I am so excited to invite you into the club. Team Boss Bodies is exactly for you. We specialize in women's health. We help women to reach their health and fitness goals. We believe in keeping food as high as possible and cardio as low as possible. We customize your meal plans to your likes and your dislikes. And we also create a plan that is sustainable for your life for the long haul. You also have the option of choosing a more flexible plan if you want to count macros. Each plan includes your training, nutrition, cardio, and supplementation. Plans are adjusted weekly to a bi-weekly basis, and you are checking in twice a week. There's ongoing assessment to target your strengths and your weaknesses, weekly consultations, and ongoing guidance. You get 24-7 access to your coaches through text and email. And let's not forget our perks. We have a Facebook group that's going to help keep you accountable and invite you into a community that loves you and that is on the same journey as you. And team shows to get all of our girls involved. So if this is for you and you're ready to give it a try, you can go to teambossbodies.com apply and use the code Bikini Diaries for 15% off your packages. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Bikini Diaries podcast. Boy, am I excited to be talking to you and talking bikini. Today, we have a professional who actually lives on the other side of the planet. So you can only imagine that getting Olympia points for her is an extreme struggle. So get this, she actually mostly does the sport for the pure joy of it. She loves it. She is going to share with us her many attempts to stepping on stage after achieving her pro card and why it took her almost two years to do her pro debut. This woman has such a strength and never loses sight of her dreams. She also shares with us how she battled depression and the method she took to overcome this. 
Furthermore, we will also discuss her experiences working with the well-known coach, Kim Odu, and how those tactics she learned differed from actually using a registered dietitian. So much content we are in store to explore today. So without further ado, I am so excited and delighted to introduce to you IFBB bikini professional Jade McKee. Hi Jade, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I am amazing. So excited to have you on today. I know it's like morning time for you, right? We're in like the yes, opposite ends of the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just after six, nice and early. Oh, okay. It's like it's like uh, four o'clock for me right now. So it's kind of getting ah. into my evening. Yep, nice. All right. Well, we're going to start the podcast off the way we always start the podcast, and that is with a bikini hack. Just a series of quick questions to get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, Jade, where are you from? I'm from Ipswich in Queensland, Australia. Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) How old are you? I am just 10.35. Okay, well, happy belated. Thank you. (laughs) And what do you do for a living? Um, I'm a physio, so I work in aged care, um, doing home visits, um, and I also have a small business spray tanning as well, just as something a little extra on the side. Interesting. And I'm a qualified personal trainer. And and you said and a personal trainer? Yeah. I don't actually use it, but um, I am qualified. It, it helps me with work. Oh, okay. Well, maybe after today, like, everybody will hit you up and you'll get a bunch of uh, inquiries. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you could use that um you could use that certification. Yeah, definitely. And how many years have you been competing, Jade? Uh it's been eight years now. Started in um two thousand and twelve was my first show. When and where did you get your pro card? I won my pro card at the first Australian Arnold, so that was in two thousand fifteen. That was my seventeenth show. I've done four since. Okay, and what's a quote that is your favorite that gets keeps you going? Uh, live life with no regrets. And why do you like this one? So when I was growing up, I um, did a few different sports and I did miss out a couple of times traveling with those teams when they would go overseas and I was always so disappointed. Um, so I think that's something that's always stuck with me that if I get the opportunity to do something, I do want to take that opportunity. So I don't regret it. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just something I tend to live by. Hmm. No, I definitely see that. And I feel like we're going to learn a lot about you today and kind of see how this relates back to your life. Yeah, good. (laughs) And Jade, could you name one quality about yourself that makes you a really strong athlete? Oh, I'm very resilient. So I can get knocked down and I'll get back up and I'll just keep going. Mm. I just don't stop. (laughs) And what would you say that keeps you motivated? I'm very self-motivated, I think. Um, So I like to always, I guess, improve on what I've done. So whether it's been... um, sounds silly but the time or distance I've been on the treadmill or um, 
my physique the next time I'm stepping on stage. I always want to be improving on myself. So I've, I've always been very, very self-motivated, I think. I love that you always post your progress. Not everybody can yes. say that they have the courage to do so. A lot of us shy away or we only post like the finished product. Yeah. <laughs> or yes. sometimes yeah, you can, <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes you can be like me, like I get a little lazy. So I, I don't spend the time looking up like old photos as much as I'd like to, but I love that you're always posting uh, your progress photos, which is so important for us to see like, you know, every single step, you know? Yeah. I, that has been a, more of a newer thing for me. I found a lot of girls um, really like to see that progress and I never used to take progress photos and now that I look back and see the differences when I do post one, it, it's such a good way to see how far you have come because you, d- you don't realize mm. until you look back like that. Yeah, definitely. And why would you say that you compete? What is your why? I like challenging myself. I like to be able to set those goals um, and then achieve them. So proving to yourself that you can do something that you, can't, you, know, you thought you might not have been able to do. Like I never thought that I'd be able to get on stage as a pro and to have put that work in and then to see the final product yeah I I just like to challenge myself I think I think that's my why and what would you say was like your greatest bikini moment oh probably probably winning that Arnold Classic the first Arnold Classic in Australia so (gasps) I was really oh I was focused on that one, really excited to do it. Um, I put everything into it. I worked so hard. Um, I know everyone does, but, yeah, I just put everything into that prep. I was so focused. I wanted it so bad. And just to actually achieve that goal um, was fantastic. Wow. Awesome. That is so exciting. And if you could pick one, what would be your absolute favorite? I'm kind of curious to see what you're going to say, actually. (laughs) Prepping, stage day, or post-show treats? This is a hard one because they're all so so good. (laughs) Um, I love stage day, but I think prepping, which Mm. does surprise me a little bit. Um, I do love that structure. I love the whole process of getting to the stage. And as much as I love the bling and the excitement of stage day and getting up on stage, the adrenaline rush, I think I love being in that process of getting to the stage. So I think that would have to be my favorite. No, that's great. I can definitely relate. I love the process as well. (laughs) Yeah. Some people might call us crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. People are like, no, that part sucks. I'm like, um, yep. I live that part like most of the time. So yeah. I have to kind of enjoy it. If <laughs> That's it. And it feels a little lost almost after it's done. Exactly. So could you bring us back to exactly like how did you get started in competing? I mean, you've been doing this for eight years. That's a very, very long time. How did you get started in that? And did you do anything fitness related um, beforehand? Yes. Yeah, so when I was growing up, um, I did a few different sports. Um, I did vaulting. Um, not many people have heard of that before. So it's like um, gymnastics on horses, kind of like circus oh. riding. No, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for a few years. Um, and then I started playing inline hockey and ice hockey as a goalkeeper. Um, so played those for a few years. Um 
but just kind of, I guess, grew out of them, I think. I don't know. Um, I was treated for depression and anxiety after I finished university, after I had a few things going on in my life, and that kind of got me into the gym. So I knew exercise helped. So that got me starting mainly with cardio um, and a few light weights, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Definitely helped though, so I um, got off any treatment I was on. Um, felt so much better in myself and just kept going from there. So I watched my husband compete. Um, that would have been 2011. And I saw the girls on stage and went, wow, I want to look like that. <laughs> um, so I got my first food plan and followed that for a little while and then found myself a coach and did my first show in 2012. So that was my start. And going back to like the depression that you were um, under, like what did that kind of stem from? Was that something that, you know, you dealt with for a very long time or? Um, I think it had started in high school, but I didn't really recognize it and I didn't talk to anyone about it. Um, and I wasn't treated for it for a long time after that. Um, but there was a few things going on in my life that I think kind of, made it a bit worse and that's why I went to see um someone and got treatment for it how did you know because I feel like we all kind of deal with depression how did you know that it was like the time in your life that you knew that you needed to get treated that you knew that you had a problem um I just wasn't myself I was always angry um you, you just know like when it starts to take toll on your relationships you just don't feel your usual self you just nothing's right. It, it was just time to talk to someone about it. I probably should have gone a lot earlier, but I got there eventually. Yeah. No, I mean, it's understandable. Like, I feel like, how are you supposed to know when, you know, it's time to actually like seek help? You know, because we're, yeah. we're females, you know, uh, every month yeah. we get, we PMS, but it's yes. like, <laughs> I know I do. Yes. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those things like when do you know that like it's taken too far? Or when do you know that it, it really is you or it is, um, you know, actually depression? So what um how what were kind of some of your methods to get out of that? You said you you seeked help. So what kind of exercises yeah. did you have to do in order to kind of come from that? Or do you feel like you're still kind of dealing with it? Um, I was put on some medication for a little while, um, but I had read that exercise was found to be effective in helping depression. I didn't know exactly what exercise, but I just thought, well, I'm going to go to the gym, see how I go doing a bit more. Um, and I just found that, I guess, releasing those endorphins, doing the cardio, lifting the weights, um, I was just in a much better place. I felt much better in myself. I was just those negative symptoms that I had been experiencing were I wouldn't say gone, but they were a lot better than they had been. Mm. Um, so I was able to come off the medication, um, which is great because it's not something you really want to be on unless you really, really have to. Um, yeah, and I was just able to treat it through exercise. Yeah. And, I mean, you still have good and bad days, but it's I've never had a relapse like that again. Mm. 
No, I think that's amazing. Um, the benefits of exercise, the fact that you can actually come off the the medication, I feel like that happens a lot when people actually take their nutrition seriously, you know? Yeah. Um, one thing that I feel like doctors are very quick to doing is prescribing you with something because it does help, you know, it does help. Um, but um, I feel like the, you know, bettering your nutrition and being in the gym consistently is definitely a medication within itself. And people don't realize how much the body changes and how well you are affected. Exactly right. Yep. So tell us a little bit about bodybuilding in Australia. I mean, it's so cool right now (laughs) listening to your accent. I'm like absorbing it. It's amazing. Uh, Is it, is it super popular there? And like, kind of like, what's the culture? Like the only thing I know about Australia is that like, if I go there, I know that like I can find a lot of healthier restaurants. Like health is definitely something that is in abundance. You know, like in America, I feel like it's becoming a little bit more popular, especially like in some of the bigger cities. But it's like you have to really go searching for, you know, vegan restaurants and juicing, juicing, uh, you know, restaurants and stuff like things that you don't normally see. But in Australia, I feel like or I've heard it's there's a little bit more of an abundance there. It's definitely become a lot more popular over the last few years. So you can definitely go out and find somewhere that serves all different types of healthy food now. Like Yes, I would say the last couple of years, definitely. Um, the bodybuilding population, though, is still quite small here. It's, it's definitely growing and it's much, much bigger than it was, but it's still quite small compared to over in the States. Um, we only have one pro show here, unfortunately. Um, that's the Arnold Classic each year and it is invite only so that does make it really really hard for us to compete Um, so we're a little limited unless we want to travel unfortunately that's crazy only one pro show yeah yeah Um, there's two opportunities to or there might even be more now to turn pro um, each year but yeah only that one pro show and being an Arnold Classic it is invite only so numbers are usually quite limited Mm, Um, definitely yeah. So exactly what happened after you turned pro? How long did it take for you to actually uh, do your pro debut? Uh, quite a while, actually. Um, so I turned pro in 2015 um, and I started prep. It would have been about July, early July. I started my prep. I was going to do the Frigno Legacy at the end of that year Um I had an accident in the gym, so I was doing kneeling squats on the Smith machine. I'll give you the rundown. <laughs> um, still gives me chills to think about it. Um, I did my third set. I had 90 kilos on the bar. I was doing kneeling squats, and I re-racked the weight. Um, but I had my headphones on, and I didn't hear it click in properly, and I didn't know it was just sitting on the edge of the clip. So I've got out from under the bar and as I've started to get out from under the bar, it's unclipped and fell down on the back of my neck. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was just like a guillotine coming down 90 kilos back of my neck and it just knocked me to the ground. Um, So I would always use safeties and for some reason, I don't know why, but this day I hadn't locked the safeties in. So they were right down the bottom of the machine. Um, So I ended up with three crush fractures in my thoracic spine. Um, which is very, very lucky that I didn't do any more damage than that. Um, and that kind of put things on hold for a little while. Hmm. What was going in your head? Like what thoughts were running through your head when 
this happened. You know what I mean? You're, here you are, you turn pro, you're getting ready for your pro debut, and all of a sudden you have this massive injury happen. Uh, I was devastated. I, I was so excited to start prepping. I was so excited at the thought of getting on stage. And then I just lay on the ground. I was like, <laughs> well, actually, I, I went home and I lay on the couch because my husband had – where had he been? He'd been at Mutai, I think, that morning. And I said to him before I left, before he left, don't hurt yourself or don't get hurt, something along those lines. And he came home and I was lying on the couch. I said, I think I hurt my back. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, we went to get x-rays um, and they actually didn't show anything. So I was walking around for – few days before my MRI not even realizing it was fractured but going this isn't right it really hurts um and then the MRI showed um the three fractures in there so Mm. yeah it was a bit disappointing so exactly how did you cover how did you recover from this and how long did it take uh I went to see a sports physician and because I was still kind of hoping I could prep um but he told me though There'd be the six weeks of healing to get the bones healed, but they wouldn't be strong after six weeks. So even though um, I could start to load them, um, there'd be no way I'd be prepping. So um, it was just rest, recover, train legs lightly if I could. Um, And it was just a waiting game, I guess, to let those bones heal and my pain to ease. Did you ever feel like you were like missing out on everything that was going on or did you just kind of like do your own thing and kind of forget about competing for a while? I was so disappointed. (laughs) Um, I did feel like I was missing out. Again, that live life with no regrets though kept popping up in my head and I was not going to not get back on stage. So um, I just, I had that in the back of my mind that if I didn't do it, I would regret it so badly. So as soon as I could start to train again, um, I did. And that helped so much. So having that strength in my back made all the difference to my pain. So it was hard to get started. Um, and, I mean, I work with elderly who have crush fractures all the time and you never quite understand the pain they're talking about when they say they have this pain in their back. And I try to tell them, now I do understand that you need to strengthen those muscles because that supports your spine and then it's going to reduce your pain um and that's exactly what I did so by training um I reduced my pain and now as long as I keep my back nice and strong I don't have any pain at all um so I was back into the gym I didn't want to miss out and so I made sure I didn't yeah a lot of people feel like if they get injured they should completely stop everything altogether but I definitely I definitely feel like you know once you get Obviously, you have to wait a, a little while, but as soon as you're able to wait a little while, you need to slowly start using those muscle groups again. So you need to be doing the same activities, but lighter weights and really creating mobilization. You know what That's I mean? Yep. So that you can strengthen those muscles um, yeah. because they're weak. <laughs> they're weak yeah, and they're it. fragile and you have to build them back up in order for yep. them to recover. Yep. And so many people would give up after an injury like that as well. Oh, my like, God. Was, yes. I mean, I don't even know how you were able to, like, still want to compete after that. It, that would scare me. It would be so easy just to sit there and do nothing because it hurt so much. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. That's amazing. So what happened after after you you basically recovered, you got stronger, and then you started prepping for your show? Yeah, so I um, decided again that I was going to start prepping. I didn't have a show in mind, but I decided that it was time. <laughs> um, but then I fell pregnant. So um, things got put on hold again, um, which is great. Um, yeah, it didn't quite, it wasn't quite the plan that I had in mind. Um, but yeah, she's nearly three now. So I've got a little toddler on my hands. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Well, that's crazy again. So you tried to go for your pro debut again and then you fell pregnant. So exactly what thoughts were going in your mind again when you were like, oh my God, is this for real? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I kind of had the chat to my husband where we're like, well, you're going to start prep. So it's either going to be now or probably not again for a long time. So we won't not try to have a baby, but if it happens, it happens and it happened. So it was all very exciting. And yeah, I was, I was quite happy to put things on hold for a little bit longer then. <laughs> mm, that's amazing. So after like two years of you basically taking all this time off, first having an injury and then having a baby and, you know, and now you're about to start prep again and, you know, going through this mental shift of like, oh my God, am I ever going to compete again? Yes, I have to compete. Mm -hmm. I'm missing out. Like what kind of tips would you give to someone who's basically going through the same struggle because a lot of us have a problems or you know um we we don't necessarily like to take time off from stage or if we take time off from stage we have a lot of the same thoughts that run through our brains what kind of tips would you give to someone going through the same struggle of contemplating whether or not that they can go back to the stage after taking all of that time off yeah um don't give up on your dreams I think is probably the biggest one um i Personally, I didn't want to regret it, so I had to step on stage or I'd, I'd never forgive myself, I guess. Um, but remember why you started in the first place and just don't give up. Do the work. It is possible. If you really want to do it, it is possible. It did help in my case to have a great support network as well, so that's definitely something that helps. My husband's very supportive, um, and so we're able to um, negotiate who's training when and who's looking after the baby. Um, but that definitely helps as well, having a supportive team with you. Oh my gosh, for sure. And then also I noticed that like when you went and when you did your pro debut eventually or finally or however you want to say it, it was like right after you gave birth, right? Like how many months after oh, no, was no, no. it? Okay. <laughs> no, it was a little while after. So I gave birth in 2016. So that was in May. Okay. Um, and then my first pro show was February, 2018. So I had a bit of a gap there. There's no way I could have got on stage earlier than that. I wasn't ready. Oh, okay. That's still amazing though. Like what did you do during your pregnancy um, to stay healthy? Like was there anything that you felt like you did? Like did you, you know, continue your workouts? Did you continue to eat a certain way in order to stay healthy with the idea of stepping back on stage? Or were you more concerned about just like basically being healthy for your baby? Or was it like a combination of both? Oh, more so for my baby. I didn't even think about stepping on stage while I was pregnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I kept up with my training for sure. Um, I wanted to stay fit um, and I wanted to keep my nutrition as clean as I could. Um, and I knew that would be healthier then for both 
myself and the baby keeping up with my fitness and my training. So I was in the gym probably until or maybe a week or two before, probably two weeks before she was born. So she ended up coming four weeks early. Um, but I think I was still training up to two weeks before that. Then I was getting a little bit of pain around my um, SIJ. And I had a lot of swelling in my ankles and things like that, which was quite uncomfortable. Um, but I definitely kept up with the training for as long as I could. Oh my God, the honorary teas are now available. I am stoked. These teas were designed by me and they represent everything this podcast is about. Strength, overcoming struggles, making the impossible possible, having a voice in the sport, and of course, never giving up on your dreams. If you want to be a supporter of this movement, then head over to naimafit.com slash shop to grab yours today. Use the code Bikini Diaries for 20% off your order. I will be ever so grateful. That's amazing. And then you started your, um, you know, then you actually did your pro debut and it was amazing. And then um, exactly like how did your journey play out? Were you successful right away or did it take a little bit of time for you to build up some success? Um, yeah, it's definitely taken time. My feedback has been consistent over every show. Um, I'm quite small and my stage weight is quite tiny. I know I need to put size on and that's been my feedback after every show. Um, so I just keep working. I know it takes time and yeah, I just keep working to improve for each show I do. Um, and I'm always happy with the results I get and how I look on stage. So it's just, um, building up that muscle mass, which again, as you know, takes time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, basically just for like our audience, how much do you weigh and what is your height, I guess, for like stage anyways? I'm five foot three and, uh, my stage weight is around 105 pounds. Oh, okay. Awesome. Roughly. And then, so every single time the judges have told you to put on more mass, it's so funny that you're saying this because literally like we did Japan together. That's where I met you. And that was basically has been my same critique as well. Um, yep. Was that your same critique in Japan as well? Yes, Japan. Um, I've done two shows in Japan now as feedback both times. Um, and also same with the Arnold Classic. So what are your so methods now for putting on mass? Oh, I need to start training heavy. Lots of heavy lifts. Um, it's I'm, I'm going to take the time off, which is really hard to do. <laughs> um, but I'm going to take some time off and just try to train a little bit heavier, um, really work on growing both glutes and shoulders. So a little bit all over generally, but really focusing on glutes and shoulders um, just to try to put a little bit more mass on over that maybe the next year. Wow. So you're going to, so your, um, your plan is to take a complete year off then? Pretty much. Yeah. I'm going to aim for the end of next year, um, for my shows again, end of 2020. So I have another question. Bikini is getting bigger and bigger. Like, do you think that you're going to be able to keep up with these trends of putting on more mass? No, <laughs> straight out. No. Um, I'm just going to keep bringing a package to the stage that I'm happy with. And I find if you do that, your stage presence, um, you're, you're a lot better on stage. You are more comfortable. So I know it's not going to be exactly what the judges are after, but as long as I feel comfortable with how I look, um, I'm going to be more comfortable on stage. and I'm going to have much more 
fun time up there. Um, so I might not be the biggest on stage. Um, I find it easily easy to come in condition though, so I guess that's on my side. Um, and I'll just keep putting up a package I'm happy with. Hmm. No, I definitely think that that's super honorable that you're going to do that. Um, what would you say to other people that are listening in about basically what you're doing, which is basically staying in your own lane. I feel like bikini is one of those, um, you know, it's it's a it's a sport that we're being judged on, you know, basically a certain look that they're going after. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like there are very clear <laughs> clear guidelines. It's kind of like, okay, this is a look we're going after. Can you make your body look like that? Um, what would you say to people who are just kind of like, kind of like you, like, hey, I'm just going to do my best and see what happens. I mean, do you think that that's beneficial or do you encourage, you know, actually changing your physique to fit a particular mold? Well, I think in or you do have to change your physique in a way. So if you want to do well, you have to aim for what the judges like. So look at those top Olympia girls. That's what you need to look like. Um, being here in Australia, I know I'm not going to make it to the Olympia. We I I can't afford to travel for so many months of the year to um, get those qualifying points that you'd need. Um, so I'm just going to do the best I can do and. Of course, I'm going to aim to look like the the top girls, but there's only so much you can do as well. Um, so I'll just keep working on it. Just keep putting my head down, bum up, doing the work, sticking to the plan, um, and keep growing as best I can. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. That was going to be my next question as well. Is that um, you know, you're in Australia. Exactly. How do you can how do you have to plan your your uh, shows? Do you do you have to come to the U.S. for a few months and kind of compete, you know, back to back? Or I mean, because the Olympia qualification points have kind of changed, or is it one of those things yeah. where you fly out every single time you want to do a show? Like, what's the best way to do it, and how do you think that you you plan on doing it? Well, I guess it really depends on what fits in with your life. I mean, because of the fact we have to fly out. If, if you have those few months of a year, that, or even if you could move to the States, that would be ideal. <laughs> um, but if you're you'll able need, to fly you'll out need, do You'll those, need a second husband. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Just put me up for a few months each year. It'll be right. <laughs> um, if, if you can fly out and do those back-to-back shows, that would be, I think, ideal. I would love to do that. Um, but it's just not really possible for me. So I just have a look at, well, I've been looking at what's close and what I can do. So we don't have the New Zealand bikini show anymore. Um, so that was right next door. Um, but Japan's been the next closest thing. So I've done two shows over there because it's such a short flight. It's only nine hours from us. It's a little easier than going all the way to the States. Um, but yeah, otherwise, working out some back-to-back shows and spending a couple of weeks over there would be great, I guess. Wow, that is so crazy. It just seems like it's so hard to compete um, overseas. And I never really thought about it. It never really crossed my mind just how tough it must be when you're when you're overseas. It's kind of like, how do you how do you go to the Olympia, especially now when it's all points? Do you, yes. do you uh, foresee a lot of um, international people, uh, international girls being at the Olympia this year? I feel like last year there was uh, quite a few, um, but do you see that uh, happening again this year? Um, 
it'd be great to see a few international girls this year. It'd be great to see some Australian girls there. I know a couple of our girls are going to be travelling and doing some international shows over the next few months. Um, so it'd be great to keep an eye on them and I'd love to see an Aussie girl over there in the Olympia. That would be amazing. Good luck, girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're so sweet. It's so funny that you really encourage the other girls. Something that I noticed about you as well is that online you really like to post all other girls, which is interesting because I never really see anyone doing that. Why exactly do you do that? Um, I like to do a bit of both. So a lot of my own stuff and just mixing it up a bit, I think. I mean, I, I find you get a lot of inspiration just – through looking um, at other girls' pages and updates and posts through Instagram. And um, I know a lot of people that follow me don't really – they're not really in our fitness world, I guess you could put it. So it's also putting those people out there that inspire me to help inspire others as well. So they're not just looking at all my photos but – seeing the things that I like to look at and that inspire me and that I go, wow, she looks fantastic. Yeah, I'll share it with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's wonderful. I love I love seeing that. It, it also says a lot about like the kind of person that you are. You know, a lot of us spend a lot of time comparing or or being, you know, bitter, you know, and I, I think that that's it's com- you're the complete opposite. You're like, I am not bitter. This girl is inspiring. So I'm actually going to post her on my page. Why not? You know, and help yeah. other people be inspired. So that's a great way of looking at it. And it's it's just it's so nice. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so during your season, it was quite interesting because you actually did like a huge uh, coach switch. Why exactly did you end up switching coaches, um, you know, going into this year? And how has that benefited you? Um, so I spent my first few years, first maybe six years, um, working with one coach. And she was great. Um, but she retired. So I had to decide what I was going to do. Um, I worked with a sports dietitian for my first prep, uh, my first pro show, sorry, um, which was great. So I learned a lot about, um, nutrition and different ways I could, um, eat, I guess. I learned about macros and, um, macro plans and things like that, which I hadn't, um, had any experience with before. Um, but then I also wanted to work with someone who had experience working with IPB Pro Bikini Girls. So I, that was the switch over to, um, Kim Otto this year. And that's been great as well. Cause I've learned so much working with him. It's been fantastic. What would you say are like the most, um, beneficial things that you have learned from Kim Otto? Um, a lot about stage presence what the judges are looking for um with pro bikini girls so um not just with our posing but our physiques in general um I've learned a lot from him with the nutrition side of things like how he likes to um do our nutrition um and also the I've loved the team spirit as well so when we did go to Japan there was a whole team of us there that's what I met Kim in person as well um but it was so good to hang out with all the girls from around the world um and just to meet everyone and have that team atmosphere that was that was nice that was different for me no I thought that was really really cool too he had like a girl from every single country which was really awesome (laughs) 
Yeah, it was great. It was so much fun. A lot of us, you know, we don't really know if we should work with a nutritionist or maybe we should work with, you know, someone who actually coaches athletes because, you know, they both have experience in both, you know. So what would you say is the benefits of each or what would you say is the major difference between the two? Yeah, okay. So I think a benefit of working with the um, sports dietitian was that in-depth knowledge of the food. So because um, I didn't have that background in um, macros, I, I always followed a food plan Um learning all that knowledge was really beneficial but then the benefits of having a prep coach um everything else I guess so posing presentation um advice on suits tans hair makeup um knowing how my physique needed to look on stage what the judges are after so they're so so different but there's definitely benefits to working with both I mean if if they'd be happy to work together I guess that would work as well Right. Because the nutritionist, I'm sure, you know, you get like a more, like you said, more in depth. Can you go more, I guess, could you go more in depth with that? Like what are some (laughs) of the nutrition timing techniques that she taught you um, that you didn't know before? Um, I was used to eating like the six smaller meals a day and that, that was just, I guess, habit. I, I felt comfortable doing that and she kind of slowly weaned me out of it and she took me I think I was eating maybe three meals a day with her so there were larger meals um which I just hadn't been used to but I guess when you think about it that's kind of what I guess normal people would do in a normal day oh yeah Um, (laughs) so that was different for me but um learning about how much with the breakdowns of the how much protein I should be eating the the carbs and the fats like how much at each meal um, she wanted me to eat, um, having high and low days. So if I'm training, I'd be eating more. If I wasn't training, I'd, I'd be eating less those days. So um, that was all really interesting to learn and I, it all made sense, stuff I hadn't really thought of before. Did any of those methods really help you? I mean, I have also experienced, you know, you know, eating more when you're training versus, you know, when you're not training, eating less. Do you think that that particular method helped you? Yeah, I think so, definitely. When it came to um, cutting down for the show because you're not burning as many calories on those days that you're not training. So I think it definitely made a difference. And what about eating the three meals versus eating the six meals? Do you feel like uh, that helped you or do you feel like there wasn't really a difference? Uh, I'm not sure if there's much of a difference with that one. I mean, um, I'm not sure if it really helped or if that was just the way she liked to do things. I still prefer eating the smaller meals, I think. And since I've stopped working with her, I have gone back to eating those smaller meals again during the day. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I think we're, we're competitors. So we like, we like to just, we just like food. (laughs) Yeah. Well, keep the food coming. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. I am actually experienced, um, intermittent fasting. So I definitely, I started doing that. And for about three months, I was eating three small meals a day. I took yeah. a little bit of a pause, maybe about like a two week pause. I think I'm gonna, uh, I'm 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 actually implementing it again, uh, starting today, um, slowly oh. back to yeah, because I I love the benefits of it, and I definitely yep. I enjoyed eating the bigger meals. I felt like that helped me, um, yep. and I think it has to do with again being a competitor, liking to eat the food and yes. having your <laughs> meals. You know what I mean? <laughs> having yep. your meals coming, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
So the it. idea of the eating window is the exciting part of my day. But um, <laughs> but I love I love the differences, and I love that you know you were able to experience them both, so you can kind of feel you can kind of see what fits your lifestyle. I feel like some people feel like you know they have to eat the six you know small meals, and if they're traveling or you know if they have a busy day or whatever the case is, they feel like they're they're. Um, they're suffering because of it. But as long as they're getting in that nutrients for the entire day, then there really isn't a difference. No, no. I did find it was a lot more time consuming when it came to prepping, um, working off a macro plan too. I think having that meal plan set in place, um, knowing what you're eating every day and not having to think about it, I found going into competition that was a lot easier um it, I mean as nice as it was to be a bit more creative when you've got macros to play with yourself it, it did take more time to prep things which was a bit tricky sometimes mm. no, you couldn't get it done just really quickly <laughs> <laughs> definitely so and then what else have you do you feel like you've learned from Kimodu? like what about uh exercise um training was different so I trained my I trained less days and longer sessions so um I didn't think I could ever be one of those people who got up with a 3 a.m alarm but I discovered that's what I needed to do last prep (laughs) um so I would be at the gym nice and early to get my sessions completed before work um but yeah there was a lot of focus on glutes shoulders um yeah I definitely learned a lot from working with him it was very different to what I had been doing so when you mean by uh, shorter days, uh, do you mean like maybe you only worked out four days a week or did you work out five days yeah. a week? Wow. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, four days. I was training four days a week. Oh, my goodness. And then for how long would you say that you were in the gym? Oh, the days that I would do weights and cardio, um, it would be two hours, sometimes over two hours, hmm. which is no. a lot when you don't really have that time <laughs> oh okay I, w- I was gonna say I was like I'm usually in there for about three so I feel your torture <laughs> well yeah some days it would be three but I'd, I'd try to keep it quick but it mm. would stretch out to three some days that's why I'd go so early and how is the off-season transitioning like what do you what are your uh what's your regimen like in the off-season with your newer coach and um does he implement cheat meals refeeds um does anything really change in the off-season um, well, I'm actually doing my own thing at the moment, so just doing my off-season without a coach. Um, I'm training five days a week. Um, I do have a little injury at the moment, though, so upper body is a little bit limited, um, and I'm just trying to focus on doing what I can do, mainly pin-loaded machines at the moment for legs. Um, so once that recovers, I will be training a bit heavier and try to put a little bit of size on while I can. And so basically, what would you say is like the hardest thing about like competing in general for you? The hardest thing. It's time management, I think, can be the hardest. I, I, I've pretty much nailed it, I think, now. But getting that time to get the training and the food prep and work and family time can definitely be tricky. Um, and it means that I've had to be so structured and organized, especially after having my little one, um, to get it all done every day. 
that's definitely been tricky. But how, how would you say that you've been able to kind of like work your way around this? Like what are some of the things that you do that has definitely helped you basically create a balance for yourself? Um, trying to get as much as I can done the night before. So that's probably my little trick to make sure I'm organized for the day and get everything done. Um, so I get as much of the food prep as I can done for the next day, the day before, both for myself and for my toddler. Um, make sure our clothes are out and ready to go, um, get everything I can do done the day before or even when it comes to food a couple of days in advance if I can just so I can just grab it out of the cupboard or out of the fridge and we're good to go and that makes it so much easier to, I guess, not miss sessions, to make sure we're everywhere on time. No, I definitely agree. Like, um, one of the things that I also do is I, I make sure that I always like the clothes that I have to wear for the gym the next day, I always have them out so that like, I can just get up and just put them on and get out the door, except for, you know, yep. instead of like waking up thinking about what am I going to wear and like, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, making it, makes it so much easier. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. The meal prepping is so important as well. I definitely agree that that's, that's so, so smart and important, especially when you, when you have a child. Yeah, it makes it so much easier just having it all ready to go. And that way you're not going to go off plan either. Definitely. So what would you say are like your goals uh, for this year then? Um, or 2020 so, uh, since you're going to be competing in 2020. <laughs> yeah, 2020. Just take that time to keep training hard, try to grow. And then I'm going to uh, I'm going to aim, I think, for um, Hide's show again in Japan in November 2020 so I really really enjoyed doing that show it was we were so well looked after it was so much fun um it was a great trip so I'm going to aim for that one again um being nice and close to us um and then I might apply for the Arnold's again after that see how I go what was your what was your experience like um at the last Japan show um, cause I, I heard the same thing. The first one that they did, I think in like, uh, November or the month before that, um, it wasn't the muscle contest. It was the other one. They were treated yeah. very, very nicely. It was like amazing experience. Um, yeah. so I definitely heard that, but what was your experience like at the last show? I think you said something that like, you felt like you didn't give it a hundred percent or you felt yeah. a little off for that show. Yeah. I, I, my head wasn't in it. And I think that showed. And so I didn't feel as comfortable on stage as usual. Um, so it was a backup show right from the start for me. So I didn't want to start a prep and then apply for the Arnold's. And then if I didn't get my Arnold's invite, just waste half a prep. Um, so I decided I would do that Japan show because it was on just a couple of weeks before the Arnold's. Um, so even if I didn't get that invite, I was still doing something with the prep. But then once I got my Arnold's invite, that's where my head was at. And I didn't want to cancel the Japan trip because I don't like to pull out on things. If I'm going to do something, if I set my mind to it, I'm going to do it. Um, but, yeah, my head just wasn't in it. I, I still got up there on stage and I, I did it all. Um, it came in a little bit fuller um, with my condition. And I... It's not quite the look I like as much as usual. I know I need to be fuller, but it's not my favorite look. And so I just didn't feel comfortable in myself. Um, a few things about the day just didn't quite run so well. And 
yeah, it just wasn't as enjoyable for me, I don't think. What do you think was off? Where do you, where do you think that stemmed from? Um, I'd had a few um, issues throughout my prep, um, hormonal issues, I guess, and I felt like I was bloated, but it, I just couldn't get rid of that. Uh, this is not coming out right. <laughs> No, it's coming out Sorry. fine. <laughs> You're fine. Um, um, yeah, so I I went to see um, my gynecologist and she said everything looked fine, but there was still something going on there and I couldn't get my stomach flat and being a little, not as lean as I'm used to, I, I had a bit more trouble, I think, and so I didn't feel like I looked as I should on stage, mm. as I'm comfortable looking. And Does you that guys, make sense? yeah, you guys never figured out what was the issue, or do you have a theory of what it was? Um, I have a theory, um, but after I got back onto my off-season diet, I haven't had further problems with it. I think maybe getting a few more fats into my diet has helped, maybe. Um, oh, definitely. Or the fact that, yeah, or the fact I was prepping for so long, um, my body just wasn't happy. It just needed a break. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny because uh, the fats definitely helps regulate our hormones, especially being female. We need the fats, and it's like the moment you increase the fats, it definitely helps. I had a similar issue where – um, my coach had lower my fats for a few days and I went crazy. Like I, I think yeah. I didn't. And it's so funny because I, it's not like I was upset. I just did what I was supposed to. But then I noticed that I was literally like super hormonal. And so yeah. she put the fats back up and then I went back to normal. I'm like, really? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it stressed me out a lot. Like what was going on made me really stressed. And I think that would have, um, cortisol levels would have gone through the roof I would have been holding a lot of water and it wasn't until maybe a couple of days before the Arnold's that um I had been working so hard to relax myself (laughs) um and yeah it wasn't until a couple of days before the Arnold's that I actually pulled it together and started looking conditioned again Mm -hmm. so it did have a big effect on my physique for a long time well, I still think you looked amazing. You did way better oh, than thanks. me at that show. And to be honest, I had a completely different experience. I came in that show and I was like, I've never looked better. I love my physique. I came in like ready to rock and I tanked. Yeah. So even oh. <laughs> it just goes to show you that you can come in feeling like a million bucks or you can come in feeling bloated and it's like you just never know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so it. It's, you never, it's such a subjective sport. Yeah, exactly. You just can't put too much pressure on yourself, you know? <laughs> That's it. So what was it like competing in front of like your hometown? Like what kind of pressure did you get? And did did you feel a little bit like a celebrity? I mean, you are. I mean, there's not that many um, Australian pros. Um, I didn't feel pressured. I just was excited. I had waited so long that this was what I was aiming for. Right from getting my pro card, I wanted to do a pro show in Australia. So I was just so excited. Um, and then once everything started falling into place and I was feeling – like my condition was how it should be. Um, I was just happy to be there. I, I had so much fun. Um, I, I, I looked forward to it so much. I, every minute I just loved it. I was so appreciative of being there. Like just I know not many girls get to step on that stage. So just to be up there, it was everything. It was great. 
Yeah. That's amazing. Well, we are so excited for you and we cannot wait to follow your journey. Um, And right now, I just wanted to say thank you so much for just opening up and telling us about your hardships and just everything that you've experienced, you know, especially being an international competitor. It's so amazing. And I know with all the systems that we have in place in the IFBB and, you know, the way the point system is and how there's so many international shows that that are popping up, we're really, really trying to you know, basically make it more popular, you know what I mean? Spread the yeah. word and and basically just kind of like get more and more people involved so that there can be more pros, you know, and yeah. just more people everywhere doing what we we obviously are so addicted and love so much to do. So it's nice to kind of hear your insight, you know. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's been great to be on. Definitely. So we're coming to the Bikini Diaries question, and you can answer this question any which way that you would like. If there is one thing you could confess, whether it be good or bad, about your experiences as a competitor, fill in the blank. Dear Diary. Oh, um... For my first couple of years competing, as much as I loved being on stage, I was so terrified. I was so nervous. I would shake so bad. Even my lips would shake. Um, It it was hilarious. Looking back on it now, I loved it so much, but I would just be shaking so hard because I'd be so frightened of being on stage. (laughs) How silly is that? That's so funny. No, it's so funny because I've seen that. You know what I mean? Where you see the girls that turn to do the glute pose and their butts like jiggling. <laughs> yeah. You could never see it though. Like uh, you could like watching back on videos and things like that. You could never see it, but I could just feel it. Like especially oh, okay. if my lips was the funniest feeling. <laughs> oh, it happens to us. I know. It happens to so many of us. Crazy. And what piece of advice would you give to someone wanting to become a professional in the sport? Um, just remember it is a subjective sport. So don't get knocked down when you get feedback from the judges that you might not feel is right. Or when you have so many people, friends and family telling you you should have won, um, just still take that feedback on board, keep working, keep showing up, just do the work. Definitely. Yeah. Don't give up. And if we wanted to come in contact with you or, you know, use your um, your PT cert, <laughs> where would we go to find you? Uh, my Instagram is jade underscore McKee um, and my Facebook page is jade McKee athlete. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today, Jade. No problem. Thank you for having me. If you love this episode... Just as much as I love this episode, and you know someone who may love this episode, just as much as you and I loved this episode, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you could help me help others. So please, if you loved it, it takes 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share with all of your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and always remember to never give up on your dreams.